I'm Amanda Olberg, Managing Editor of Education Next. We invite you to join this week's Education Next podcast, available online Wednesday morning each week at educationnext.org. Nationwide, more than half of new college freshmen each year are told that they are not eligible for college-level coursework and must first complete remedial classes, most often in math. For many of them, that detour amounts to a dead end. Among community college students assigned to remediation, for example, roughly 30% never enroll in the required courses. Most don't pass the courses they do take, and just 1 in 10 graduates within three years. These statistics, and others like them, have university administrators scrambling to find alternatives to conventional remediation. A few are even questioning whether the courses are necessary in the first place in order for students to succeed. I'm Marty West, Editor-in-Chief of Education Next, and I'm joined today by Alexandra Logue, a former university provost and executive vice chancellor of the City University of New York System and current research professor at CUNY's Center for Advanced Study in Education. Her article on reforming remediation which is co-authored with Mary Watanabe Rose and Daniel Douglas, will appear in the spring 2017 issue of the journal and is available now at educationnext.org. Alexandra Logue, Lexa, welcome to the EdNext podcast. Thanks very much, Marty. Now, I'm eager to discuss your article, which describes a fascinating experiment testing an alternative to remedial algebra at CUNY, but I want to start off by congratulating you and your institution on some new data that came out recently from Stanford University As I understand it, it shows that CUNY launches something like six times as many low-income students into the middle class as the entire Ivy League. Do I have that right? Yes, that's uh, that's correct, and we're very, very proud of that, but we'd also very much like to do even better. Well, it's an important reminder, I think, of the role that the community college system continues to play in, in American higher education. Uh, and it's an important role, but as you say, not everything is perfect uh, at uh, CUNY. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about what led you to uh, take another look at how CUNY was handling remedial algebra in particular? Uh, sure. Um, when I became executive vice chancellor, which is um, basically the chief academic officer for the CUNY system, in 2008, I learned that CUNY was spending over $20 million a year on remediation. And it's now, I, th- I believe, much more than that. Um, and when I asked, be- because my background is experimental psychology, I asked, well, are we doing the remediation in the best possible way? Because I looked at the pass rates in the remedial courses, particularly the um, math remedial courses, and they were... Um, really uh, concerning. Um, More than half the students were failing the courses. And when I asked, I was told, well, this is just the way we do it. There is no evidence as to what's the best way to do it. And as we continued to look, we found that some people had done what are called quasi-experimental studies, which were not actual experiments, but ways of using statistics to try to understand uh, whether certain kinds of remedial courses were beneficial or not. But there were, when you do quasi-experimental studies, there are always things that aren't controlled, that you, you can't tell totally if what you're, the results you're getting are due to which students went into those classes or is 
actually due to the class itself. Or they may be relevant only to a small subset of students when really you're concerned about the entire population of students who are being assigned to remediation. That's, that's true. And there, there are just a number of limitations to doing it that way. And at the same time, um, people were just starting to do what are known as randomized controlled trials in higher education. These, um, also known as RCTs, have been done a lot in medicine with testing different medications and some in K through 12, but there had been only one or two done in higher ed at the time, uh, and we decided that we wanted to do one to try to test a new way of helping students who need uh, who had been assessed as needing remedial math. So as a researcher, this is something you wanted to do, and as the boss, you got to say it was okay to do it, and so uh, you're able to randomly assign some students to different ways of receiving support when they had been identified as needing remediation, what exactly did you assign them uh, to receive? What were the experimental conditions? All right. So we worked with three CUNY community colleges, and um, we worked with um, over 900 students who had been assessed as needing remedial math. Um, and that's based on a test they common. take? Yeah, and that's the most common remedial uh, need. And we, they agreed to be in the experiment, and then we randomly assigned about a third of them to a traditional remedial math course in elementary algebra, one-third to that same course with um, additional weekly workshops for extra support for the students, and one-third to a college-level credit-bearing introductory statistics course with a weekly workshop for extra support. So that was the basic design. And one other aspect of it that I should not neglect to mention is that we wanted to make sure that whoever was teaching these courses would not be, um, you couldn't say that the reason the students in, say, the statistics course did better was because the faculty teaching those courses were better. So what we did was we recruited faculty to teach uh, in the experiment, and each faculty member taught one section of each of the three types of course so that we balanced instructor across these three types of courses. Fascinating and, I would imagine, demanding for those faculty who had to do additional preparations, but, uh, yeah, exactly. uh, but very critically important for the experimental design. I just want to highlight something just to make it clear. The students placed in the real experimental group Ordinarily, these students would have had to complete a remedial class in order even to be eligible to take a credit-bearing college-level course. Is that right? You're totally correct. And you're placing them directly into that credit-bearing course in statistics, but providing them with some additional support. Right. The theory is that, oh, students need to first do this elementary algebra course before they do statistics or any other college-level course, that they need this remedial course in order to be able to pass the other courses, the, the college-level courses. We were um, basically testing whether that was really true. Did they really need to do the elementary algebra first? And it's important because any time you extend the time that a student from a low-income background needs in order to complete a degree, just you multiply the chances that something can go wrong. Yes, um, 
again, you're totally right. There are several aspects to this. Any remedial course that you're making a student do is delaying um, the final reward of graduation, which is what we want students to get to. We want them to graduate because definitely with a degree you can earn more, have a better job. So, but that delay has two effects, we think, at least two effects. One is that, as you were suggesting, there's more opportunity for things to go wrong <laughs> the longer it takes before you get to that reward. Somebody in your family can get sick, um, or uh, something else can happen in your life that prevents you from continuing in college. And at least at CUNY, we're also dealing with students who have extremely complicated lives. Over 50% of them receive Pell Grants, which means that their families have lim very limited financial resources. Um, about the same proportion do not have English as a first language. Um, they really come from backgrounds that have many challenges. But in addition, um, when you delay a reward, as happens when you put a student first into a remedial course, the reward, any reward that's delayed is less motivating. You know, it goes back to the old thing, would you rather have M&Ms now or have them later? You'd rather have them now, mm -hmm. and you're more willing to work harder for ones that you have now rather than ones that you have later. But any any reward, including graduation, the more delayed it is, the less motivating it is. So we need to bring those rewards as close as possible for several reasons. We need to make higher ed as efficient and high quality as possible. But of course, we also need to ensure that students have the skills they need to succeed in their courses, and that's what the remedial requirement has traditionally been thought to do. So right. we've kept listeners waiting for a while. We should let them know how did these students do when they were assigned directly into statistics? Yes, the big results. Okay, the results were um, that very consistent with a traditional remedial math course, the students who were in the regular remedial math course passed at a rate of 39%. Only 39% passed the course. In the course that was the remedial, the traditional remedial math course with the weekly workshop, that went up to 45%. But the students who were in the statistics course with the weekly workshop passed at a rate of 56%. So over half of them passed that course. And that meant that they didn't have to do any remedial math course, and it also meant that there's a requirement at CUNY, uh, like at most universities, that you do a college-level uh, math or quantitative course, that everybody has to do that. By passing that statistics course, they were uh, done with that requirement. So the students who passed statistics, they had th three or four regular college credits. They passed their general education quantitative requirement for college. They did not have to do any more remediation, and they did that all in that one course in one semester. So the remedial education students who passed would nonetheless still have to take another college-level quantitative course in order to graduate. Exactly correct. Now, can you say a bit about who it was that benefited? Was it, for example, the students who had just barely been assigned to remediation such that, um, you know, maybe the problem is that we just have the definition of who needs remediation wrong that we're, uh, you know, requiring students to perform too well in order to avoid it? 
Well, that's a really good question. Um, I should mention that all of these students were students who did not intend to major in science, technology, engineering, or math. So none of them needed algebra for their majors. Um, so I just want to mention that. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, when we looked, we did look to see, okay, what placement test score did these students have what, um, who were in all these three different courses and how did that affect their likelihood of passing? And it turned out that no matter what their placement test score was, whether it was relatively high or relatively low, they were more likely to pass if they were put into statistics. So it doesn't appear, um, I mean, it, is the, it was the case. We did show that the students who had the relatively highest placement test scores who were in statistics, if we um, just looked at how, uh, what percentage of those passed the course, it was very similar to students who um, ordinarily take statistics. But there was definitely a benefit, no matter what your placement test score was. So it's not like there was some very, very low-performing group of students that actually benefited from being assigned to remediation. There were benefits no. to being placed in statistics across the board. You're exactly right again. Now, this was an experiment conducted in the fall of 2013. So these students have been at CUNY for a while. Some of them may even have graduated by now. Have you been able to follow their performance over the next couple of years? Yes, we've been following them very carefully. Um, the data, uh, there's a lag until when we get the data, but we do have data. We've just gotten data now that are, represent their status during their fifth semester at CUNY. Um, and we know several things about them. Uh, for example, we know that the students who, did, who were put into statistics have, done, uh, have continued to accumulate more college-level credits than the students who were in the other two uh, types of courses. So the benefit that they got was not just passing that, the, that one quantitative course. They were actually able to go on and accumulate more, more credits after the course was over probably because they didn't have to keep repeating what happens with the students who take the remedial courses. They end up, since they usually don't pass, they take it over and over. And they can't take credit-bearing classes, as, a, or as, a, as many credit-bearing classes as a result. We also know that the students who were in statistics have done just as well at passing their other um, science requirements uh, college-level science requirements as have the students in the other two groups. So not having done that um, remedial elementary algebra course did not cause them problems, any more problems than anybody else, with passing, um, say, um, you know, biology or some other science course that they took that is also required of all CUNY students. So even if algebra is required in those classes in some sense, um, students seem to be able to find a way to pick up what they need to know in the context of learning that other content. Yes. And we have some brand new data um, that shows the status of students during their fifth semester at CUNY, which shows that the, the students who were placed, randomly placed into statistics uh, by the fifth semester are less likely to have dropped out of college entirely, are more likely to have graduated, they're now starting to graduate, and are also more likely 
to be enrolled at the college they started at as opposed to having transferred. So, so there are many advantages to a college to doing this kind of a treatment. If, if your goal as a college is to keep the students enrolled until they graduate at your own college, this, this approach will help you. So this is an experiment that really seems to have worked. So how is Cooney responding to the evidence, and how do you think the American higher education system to respond to this evidence, assuming we begin to accumulate similar data from other institutions? Well, that's a very good question and a very complicated question. (laughs) So I would say that there is a lot of appreciation of this particular piece of research and other research that is similar uh, across the United States, and but it's particularly by researchers and policymakers. There are changes happening in what is actually going on in courses and in departments, um, but it's often slow. There are some colleges, including at CUNY, that have wholeheartedly adopted what we would call um, remedial math reform, such as doing this, and there are some other things that also can be very helpful. But there are colleges that have made very little changes and are continuing to have these very low pass rates um, in their remedial math courses, which, and it's really unfortunate because we believe, um, many of us believe, that remedial math is the largest single academic reason that students do not graduate college in the United States. And it's also one of the main reasons, and the fact that students don't finish is one of the main reasons that they default on student debt. Mm-hmm. So there, there are many implications of all of this. What do you but, think explains the reluctance to change? Well, there, I would say there isn't any one single reason. Part of it is just the fact that You know, our research was published around six months ago. It was available online. And it takes a long time for curricular changes to happen. If you've worked on a campus, there are many committees that have to approve something. Somebody has to write it up. It has to go through all kinds of stages. So that's one part of it. But one part of it is that, see, in our case, we... um, we put the students into a statistics course, and that's controversial. Um, some math faculty believe that students should just have algebra. Mm-hmm. And uh, other math faculty and some faculty who are not in math do not agree with that. Um, some people believe that algebra, that the sequence Algebra generally leads to precalculus and then calculus, and that that sequence is not necessary for many college students, that statistics or a course in quantitative reasoning is um, those kinds of courses are uh, very useful for students who are not majoring in a subject that requires calculus. But there are a lot of disagreements about this. Now, what we did... We use statistics for our college-level course, but we actually did that uh, for a practical reason, that we, 
we needed very large numbers of students in our experiment in order to have statistical, sufficient statistical power mm -hmm. to be able to do the analyses we wanted to do. And only the statistics courses were similar enough across the colleges and large enough to enable us to have that size um, of a uh, number of students. But there's no reason somebody should try <laughs> to do something like this, which it has been called co-requisite remediation, with a college-level algebra course. You could do the same thing. You could put students directly into college-level algebra with extra support. And I think it's very likely that they would do better than the remedial course, than putting them into the remedial course. The remedial course has, there are a lot of issues with that. Um, many people believe that students um, feel stigmatized by being labeled remedial. There are the reward delay effects that I talked about. The remedial algebra course is a course they took in high school and maybe didn't like. And we also know that something like 25% of um, students who are placed into remedial algebra could get at least a B if they went into the college level course with no extra support. That the, that the placement tests are just often wrong. It's, it's really a fascinating answer in that when you talk about the subjects for which you will or will not require students to demonstrate their mastery either via a placement test or via a remedial course, you really are beginning to talk about what it means to be a college educated or a community college degree holder. And you can understand why those debates become so charged. Right. And adding to this is the fact that many math faculty, they know very well how to teach algebra, but they've never taught statistics. But I think what's nice about your experiment, it calls attention to the fact that you can also think about providing additional support to students in credit-bearing courses right. while still maintaining the requirement that they demonstrate mastery of, in this case, algebra. Right. It doesn't have to be statistics. We don't believe our experiment was done with statistics, but it could work with, uh, I, we, we think, you know, we don't have the data, but we think it might work well also with college-level algebra. There are, there are, though, people, just to say, who believe that um, statistics may be better for many mm -hmm. students than requiring them to take algebra because it has more applications to daily life, but people dispute that too. <laughs> <laughs> but what's nice about your research is it calls attention to ways that you can think about more efficiently and effectively serving students, uh, even as you uh, continue to have those debates. Right, right. I mean, you're totally right that what should be happening is the faculty at a college should be deciding together what college students who, students who graduate from that college, what they should know, what they should be able to do. And then they should be designing courses to fit that. That's different than the math faculty saying, we want everybody to have algebra. And that's what we've taught, and that's what we're going to keep teaching. So once you know something about the data that are behind all of these failure rates, you realize, and some of the reasons that are causing the failures, you 
you have to, you can't hold to the view anymore that students just can't do math and they should be failed and they should leave. <laughs> That's not what's going on. And there are other ways. You know, why should we why should we have students not graduate in college because they don't pass a single remedial course in elementary algebra with quadratic equations in it? I, I don't know the answer to that question, uh, but good research is research that opens up new questions uh, as, in addition to answering the ones it sets out to study. And by that definition, I think this study is an incredible success. And so congratulations on doing it, and thank you very much for sharing it with us, both in the article in Education Next and in today's conversation. You're very welcome, and again, I very much thank you for the opportunity. Lexa Logue is a research professor at the City University of New York. Her article, Reforming Remediation, will appear in the spring 2017 issue of Education Next and is available now at educationnext.org. Thank you for tuning in to Education Next's weekly podcast, released every Wednesday morning. For more on education reform, visit us online, educationnext.org.